Hey everybody, this is John DeLuna, your old friend John DeLuna with another RFC minicast. This minicast is slightly off topic, but as Transformer fans, I think everybody on both sides of this microphone can relate to the concept of uh, not so well adaptations, not so greatly executed adaptations of of existing fiction in the world of cinema. So instead of Transformers, Transformers Revenge of the Fallen, Transformers Dark of the Moon, and Transformers Age of Extinction, we're going to talk about something a little bit more topical, Suicide Squad, which Matt, Diecast, Brian Kilby, and myself have seen, and we have hot takes on this movie. Um, Boys, I don't know where to begin. How how, how about this? Before we get into the nitty-gritty, let's talk about expectations, because the world tried to set our expectations before we saw them. Uh, And Matt, you have already expressed kind of your overall expect your feelings versus expectations and, and what maybe the world told you what to think about the movie. Okay, Suicide Squad, is it as terrible for you as the world makes it out to be? I don't think it's nearly as bad as people are making it out to be. It is not a fantastic movie by any stretch of the imagination. It has a lot of problems. But I mean I don't think it's, you know, twenty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes bad. I, I think people are overreacting a bit. Uh, Diecast, what did you think? Um, I didn't I didn't hear how bad it was. I just heard that it wasn't great and I would agree with that. It really wasn't great, but there were some bright parts in the movie. Mr. Kilby. So normally on these things, I play heel to try to get, try to get heat. But um, I'm going to echo what they said. I mean, it's bad, but it's nowhere near as bad as Batman versus Superman. And it's, I mean, there are things I actually kind of liked about it. So, but it's not a good movie. So, okay, so let's start there, Brian. What are some, what are some positives? Um, so, I mean, Margot Robbie does a great job playing Harley Quinn. Uh, I'd heard that they had used exclusively her new 52 origin in the, in the movie. So I expected basically not, I, and I'm not super familiar with her new 52 origin, but basically my understanding is that basically the Joker, uh, corrupts her and not like, it's not like, uh, in the comic cartoon origin where, you know, she, uh, sort of falls in love with him and then turns evil. Uh, but you know, she does fall in love with him and she does turn evil. I mean, sure. He throws her into like a vat of acid or something and messes with her brain, but didn't bother me that much. Um, even though I don't really get a dead shot vibe from Will Smith, he did a great job playing Will Smith. There was, there was no dead shot in this movie. Will Smith was in this movie. Yeah. But uh, Will Smith is great at playing Will Smith, and I think Will Smith uh, was uh, was pretty good. Uh, and that's about it. I know some people like Amanda Waller. I didn't, uh, but we'll talk about that. Hmm, interesting. Okay, so Matt, as far as like the characters and casting, uh, what are the uh, high points for you? Uh, I mean, Margot Robbie was fine as Harley Quinn. I wish they would have dressed her a little more reasonably. Yeah, I agree. Uh, no. She's very attractive. Do not get me wrong. By oh, absolutely. The imagination, absolutely. But that's, that's not the Harley Quinn. I like. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
That's the Harley Quinn I like. Okay. <laughs> yes, we all know. And I that's guess. why she wore um, underwear for two and a half hours. Yeah, I wanted to see more of Captain Boomerang, actually. Yeah, I he agree. Was good. Uh, Jai Courtney was surprising. Uh, I I liked him in Spartacus, so I never hated Jai Courtney as much as everybody else does, though. So, um, uh, I did not like Rick Flagg. I could not get into Joel Kinnaman's performance. I don't know why. I just there was just something about him that didn't do it for me. Uh, um, Viola Davis is Amanda Waller. I thought she did great because you're not supposed to like Amanda Waller. Nope, she's supposed to be a horrible, horrible person. And I think you know nail on the head. Uh, Diablo, El Diablo was fine for a character I've never heard of, and Killer Croc might as well have not even been in the movie. Yeah, I didn't hate Killer Croc. What was that, him. Brian? I didn't hate Killer Croc. I didn't like mm. him that much, but I didn't yeah. hate it. And Katana, who I just who I forgot about until just now, might as well have not been in the movie. Yeah, uh, but that's not because she was bad. It's just because she wasn't used. Yeah, she wasn't yeah. in the movie. Basically, like 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 Killer Croc. It's not because they were bad. It's because. They uh, were superfluous. Okay, I, I got you. So I thought you were saying you didn't like Killer Croc. I don't know if I like Killer Croc or not. He didn't do anything. That's a good point. Diecast, what about you? Who worked for you and who didn't? Oh, yeah. Harley Quinn was awesome. For me, she was the bright part of the movie. Um, I think that she needs her own movie. Um, I have no... I've never read any comic books about Suicide Squad, so the Deadshot thing of Will Smith, you know, not being De- a- Deadshot's a, as a Batman villain. Suicide Squad's a rotating cast, so I don't Will, know. Will Smith is Will Smith. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, he. I thought his character was great, um, but you know, as Brian said, well, he played Will Smith. That could very well be because uh, I I like Will Smith. I always have. Born and raised in Philly, so you know. i love it and uh yeah i mean it it just wasn't a great movie and it really wasn't a great story um i was very underwhelmed so okay so let's get into one thing that we haven't talked about when it comes to characters specifically is like the giant elephant in the room is leto's joker (laughs) and this get this is here's here's my thing when we talk about Joker, and I guess to a lesser extent the other guys. Brian, you've made this point on uh, social media and such. The worst job in Hollywood right now, I have to imagine, is casting director for comic book movies because, like, the pressure to cast people... Marvel uh, does a good job with it. In theory, for, like, the next 10 years of movies... Yes, they had a 10-year head start, which is DC's... Not... That's true. Eight, Eight year. Eight year. Yeah, yeah, but... You know, effectively, they've had a whole generation of actors to work through and cast. And they set the bar uh, of like, hey, if you cast these guys right, they're going to crank out movies for like 10 years for you. So we all look at the casting like with that kind of like weight on it, which is crazy and unfair, but also true. And he obviously had like the biggest shoes to fill. So Brian, tell us about Jared Leto's Joker. I mean, he's not good. Uh, I don't think in in a vacuum of Suicide Squad, I don't think he completely derails the movie. But I think he's completely inept to be, to be the Joker of the DC Cinematic Universe. Uh, in this film, he was on screen for 10, 15 minutes, whatever. In those 10 or 15 minutes, he should have got... So, 
this universe takes place, you know, well into Batman's career. So Batman has been, you know, the Dark Knight for probably 20 years. So and Joker is his greatest nemesis. And Jared Leto is supposed to get that weight across that he is Batman's greatest nemesis. And he completely fails to impress in any way that he could actually be a realistic foil for Batman. And every time he's on screen, I just cringe a little bit because he's I, mean, I know he's a Academy Award, he's a Oscar winning actor. I know that he's he can act, but his Joker is just it just it just doesn't work for me. And I just I never really feel that he he just feels like a caricature of the Joker. And uh, I don't like the thug gimmick. I don't, or gangsta gimmick, whatever that is. I, I just don't like that. Uh, take that away. Uh, put a little sharp edge to him. Uh, and he probably wouldn't be that bad. But as it is, he just completely fails to impress upon me that he can carry the Joker mantle in, in this DC universe. Uh, Diecast, what's your take on Joker? I liked him. I I thought his voice was appropriate, the sound of his voice. Um, I don't think that he seemed like a really strong character, but I think that's more towards the writing than his acting. Um, I think given the right movie, he w- he can be the villain that he needs to be or that we need him to be or something like that. Uh, yeah. And he's a younger Joker than I'm used to. Uh, but it made sense with the whole Harley Quinn connection and how he, how she fell in love with him. And I, 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 the way he's 44, the way he moved through this. Well, he seemed young. Yeah, I, I made the same observation. I thought he seemed really young, but he's like 44. He just That's doesn't come across that way. Yeah. And the way character designs through the city while this was all going on shows that he's a very powerful villain, uh, I thought. Um, so, yeah, I think there's definitely some character development that he can have in future movies, and I think he can be a really good villain. Uh, Matt? Uh, this was going to be an uphill battle for me anyway, because from those initial pictures, like I, I was not impressed. I, I think the character does not look intimidating at all. He acting or the looks does not come across as intimidating at all. I think he looks ridiculous in a bad way. So, uh, the, the performance was not strong enough to overcome my initial thoughts of the appearance. You know, I, I will uh, I will echo kind of Brian's point that he's a year older than Ben Affleck, and just by design of the characters, you would never guess that in a million years, based on how they portray Batman as kind of grizzled and broken, and you know, kind of hanging on, and then him as this kind of ageless, I don't know, but young, youthful. Uh, creature I was I, one of the things I was kind of hoping for was more of like a of a grizzled and older joker just to kind of go toe to toe or mirror like where Batman's at in this universe so it was a little weird like you say Brian to to have this uh 
this nemesis that in theory is Batman's like eternal uh, counterpart and them to read so differently as far as like I mean, age and experience and energy. You could make the argument that it's interesting that the Joker being the same age has retained his youthful, you know, vigor where Batman hasn't, but I still don't think he's compelling and enough a character to really be the Joker from this universe. Uh, I don't know. And I don't know. I don't know who would be or what would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I mean, short of Mark Hamill's Joker coming to life. Yeah. Was it a, I'll start with, uh, I'll start with diecast on this one. It just continuing on Joker for a minute. So this, this is a movie. This is an ensemble movie, like of the highest order. There's a ton of characters. And they put Joker in obviously for ticket sales and to just have him in the in the list of appearances as a stunt. Same thing with Batman, really, to some degree. But Batman's already been in one huge movie within the same twelve months, and this is Joker's debut in an ensemble movie. Do you think that was a good idea or a bad idea to do that with the Joker? Oh God. He's so intertwined with Harley Quinn that I guess they kind of had to. I, I guess they could have explained it without showing him. Or if they could have just not had Harley Quinn in the movie. Uh, no, that would then it would have been a really bad movie as opposed to a, you know, it, it was fun to watch. I liked watching the movie and most of the reasons was because of her. And not just because the look. I mean, yes, that that helps. But I thought her acting was really good. And, you know, I, I just kept thinking, I was like, wow, she's really crazy, really crazy, uh, which I liked. So now, now I'm forgetting the question again. Well, uh, this was a yeah, good Joker, use of Joker. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Preferably, I would have liked to see, you know, Joker in a Batman movie just against just against Batman and it been, you know, the Joker It would have been a lot larger story of how he became the Joker. And then he would have fought Batman and, you know, maybe, maybe it wasn't a winner. Maybe they kind of both, you know, fought and then went their own way. And then he joined up with the suicide squad or something. I, mm-hmm. Yeah. It just, I don't know. I I don't know what would have been better. I know what I would have preferred, but it's hard to have a perfect answer when the performance itself just wasn't like inspiring. You know what I mean? Like, like like the performance wasn't like a 10 out of 10. So it's hard to say like if this was the best debut or not, but Brian just uh, design wise and just theoretically was this, was this the wisest decision for them to debut their cinematic Joker with no. a movie like this. No, no, no. And to your question about it being an ensemble cast, I mean, I think it was kind of a disaster for them to even consider doing it because there's so many other things they need to focus on. And I made the point uh, to a friend of mine, and we basically we were disagreeing about the movie. But again, to the point where Marvel has like an eight-year head start, DC is trying to start off where Marvel is now, not where Marvel was eight years ago. And that's where they're screwing up. I think um, that's a fair point. 
yeah, so there, it, this isn't organic. It's pretty terrible. And I made a faux pas a few minutes ago. I mentioned how Deadshot is a Batman villain, and it's a rotating cast. I mean, the, obviously, I mean, it is a rotating cast, and he is a Batman villain. But I didn't realize uh, just how prominent he was in the whole lore. I mean, going back pretty much to the beginning of uh, Suicide Squad. It's not really a book that I've read a lot of. Mostly what I'm familiar with is the New 52 iteration, uh, which I think this sort of ties a little bit more closely to. Um, but, uh, it's, it's having, when you have Will Smith, who is still one of the biggest stars in Hollywood, uh, in a movie as one of the main characters, and then you have Margot Robbie as, you know, she's pretty much a scene stealing character, uh, having Joker, he really comes off as a seventh wheel. And, uh, it, it, it was I don't. He doesn't impact this movie, but the movie is a disservice to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt, what do you think? I mean, does this? <laughs> so they're working on a standalone Batman. We know that after this movie already, right? So does this? The idea of this Batman, this Joker, taking up another two, two and a half hours of your life. I mean, that's what, in theory, this was supposed to do. So. Did the, was this a good idea, bad idea? I mean, what does this do for you for the for not only this movie but the next one? Well, I'm not excited to see the uh, another Jared Leto Joker performance. I'll tell you that. But um, at first, I thought it was a good idea to put to put the Joker in this. But the the more I thought about it, because I thought you know, no comic fans know who Harley Quinn is. Mass audiences don't know who Harley Quinn is because she's only been around for about 20 years in the comics. But the more I thought about it is this is an ensemble movie with, I am a comic book fan and I didn't know who some of these characters were. So mass audience doesn't know who anybody is. So you don't really need the Joker to explain Harley Quinn's origin. Yeah. Just, he feels shoehorned in and it seems like more than anything, he was put in, as a name character, so people know, oh, okay, I know that character. I'll go see this movie because he's in it. And the way the marketing was done, it kind of made it look like he was going to be the main bad guy. Because, I mean, it like they were trying to cover up the fact that it's another character that nobody's ever heard of. Oh, God, the villains of this movie are the worst. Yeah, let's talk about that. So it's a movie about villains. <laughs> it's full of villains, but there's a villain for the villains to play off of. Uh, here's the thing. <sighs> somehow, somehow the DC animated universe did really well to make very obscure characters entertaining and interesting when they were used. And granted, that was over the course of decades. But it can be done. Like, like the deep cuts, the deep tracks in DC's roster of villains and heroes can be really fun. Um, and they dug a little deep here, uh, for the casual fan, certainly. And I haven't heard a good word about the villains in Suicide Squad. So, Brian, you're a scholar of at least the animated universe and a little bit of the comic books like a lot of us. Talk about the villains. I mean, how did Namco uh, strike up an agreement with DC to feature the the boss from Tekken 3 in this uh, in this movie? It just doesn't make any sense. It was, uh, well, I think there's probably a reason why we had no idea who the villain was in this movie, the vi- right? The, the, villain, the, the, villains, 
the villains look like Tekken characters, and they move like it. They're really bad. Uh, like the Enchantress. I mean, you know, there's a DC Enchantress as well as a Marvel Enchantress. Um, I have no idea who her brother is. None. And Did they he, ever even say his name? I don't. I don't even know. And yeah. he, I mean, he 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 he's CGI, which you can you can have see fully CGI characters. I get it, but. Um, he's a big gold dude that beats people up and the enchantress was like, she did this weird dance that just looks, looked absurd when she moved. Um, I, I, this is the, this is the worst, uh, villain, like since I guess Iron Man three or two, Thor two, Thor two. Thor two, yeah, it's it's uh, they're awful. This is this is Malekith all over again. It's bad. It's bad stuff. So, is this a product of Warner Brothers running this instead of like say with Marvel? Uh, Marvel runs the cinematic universe. Well, right? Marvel Marvel is Marvel in the cinematic universe is not Marvel at the comics, but it's, they're much more plugged into their source material and yeah. just more aware of what they're working like, with. Whereas the, the, this is clearly the work of a studio. So Marvel cares enough about their comics to actually make their Marvel production company called Marvel. <laughs> so, I mean, even though it's not the same people, they are to your point, they, they try to stay connected. Warner brothers like probably has no clue what's going on at DC. It feels Mar- like Marvel also has uh, movie people. Uh, you know, making a lot of decisions about their movies, whereas DC has a lot of comic people making decisions about their movies. Oh, they have, they have Zack Snyder making decisions about their movies. Oh, okay, and idiots. Okay, nice. That is actually a really good point because also Marvel is also obviously part of the Disney Empire, which has probably not not unintelligent entertainment and movie people who are, are, are who experienced with like I think giving artists. Some degree of space to but work. This is freaking Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers has made freaking great stuff. I mean, you know, whether you like the Nolan trilogy or not, it, there's no denying that it was artfully created, and hardly anything was on screen without like a lot of thought put behind it. Um, these just seem thrown together. Now, I think just, that's a good point too. I, whether or not you're a fan of Christopher Nolan, and whether you whether or not you you know like like what he puts on screen he's a he's a cerebral guy he is definitely a self-proclaimed like batman fan and i believe it uh he's he's a guy that you can hand the reins over to uh, a big project the massive assignment that you know he's going to execute it competently Zack snyder never had that kind of you know he never had evidence that he had those kind of chops and yet they handed over everything to him effectively. So you're right. Maybe, maybe Warner brothers does like Disney does give their uh, creative leads uh, room to breathe and do their own thing. They just picked the wrong guy for this one. Yeah. Uh, Diecast. Any final thoughts on suicide squad also related to suicide squad? Uh, what is your excitement level? for Justice League and a standalone Batman movie, both of which we know we're getting soon-ish, within the next few years. 
Do we know if the standalone Batman movie is just basically going to be him and Joker? We don't know exactly what it's going to be. I would assume Warner Brothers is going to uh, strongly prefer that. Because if that's what's going on, I'd be interested to see it. Um, Justice League, if they're not going to explain the characters and not going to, it's not going to work. Yeah, I'm afraid it's going to be like the heroic version of this movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Aquaman's in Justice League, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Are they just going to throw him in and be like, there's Aquaman? Kind of like they did with Croc. Like, where do you get this guy that's living in water and you're just throwing him into an ensemble movie? Now, they had Killer the Croc doesn't really live in water. He's amphibious. He lives where he wants. He lives where he wants. Um, now, they did have the Justice League trailer that came out, uh, and it was generally positively received, but we know trailers are terrible indicators of the actual movie. Yeah. Uh, but still, uh, that, that is out there, some, some piece of work related to Justice League. So, Brian, okay, any, uh, any final thoughts on Suicide Squad and these two movies that we know are coming up? Okay, so, uh, yeah, some thoughts. So, The Flash made an appearance in this movie, and he, I hated it. Uh, Amanda Waller, uh, I know you're not supposed to like her, which is fine, uh, but I was, to use a term that Matt used earlier, I was completely underwhelmed by her. Um, the Bruce Wayne, Amanda Waller meeting was seemed forced and tacked on. Um, again, uh the Joker just seems like a total disaster. Uh, this really does feel like a lot of the stuff was edited together, uh, re-edited to make it more fun and reminiscent of Guardians of the Galaxy with the way that they intertwined music uh, into it. Uh, I mean, that really seemed forced. Uh, just in general, it's not good. Uh, I don't think it's the worst movie of the year, and I, I don't think it's the worst DC animated uh, DC movie that w- we've seen so far. Um, so, I mean, hopefully they'll slow down a little bit. Like, I think Wonder Woman looks really good. Uh, so maybe they'll try to make more movies like that that, you know, seem to make sense. Um, so, I don't know. It's 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 bad, but it's not it's not as bad as Batman versus Superman. That's that's literally the worst movie I've seen in the last couple of years. Man, that is harsh. Hey, to your point, too, I forgot about Wonder Woman. If they had followed the Marvel recipe to a, to a I guess, a better degree or re- truly followed it, how great would it have been if that Wonder Woman movie is, one, as good as it looks, but two, was like the first movie to kick off their cinematic universe. Yeah. And then they would figure it out as they go. Like, I think, but I think they would have garnered like so much more goodwill by doing it that way. It would have taken way longer, but it probably would have worked better. Hey Matt. uh, Okay. So final thoughts. Okay. So, um, like I said, I don't like hate the movie. Uh, it's, it's not terrible. It's not great. It's fine. Uh, it's very, very paint by the numbers. If you've mm-hmm. seen, if you've been watching, you know, comic book movies over the past several years, you've pretty much already seen Suicide Squad. It's uh, a group of powered or you know special individuals fighting faceless minions in a city, oh, and have to get to the middle of the city to fight, you know, a bland villain who's opening a portal or trying to take over the world or whatever. We've seen it before. Um, 
as most of the cast does a competent job. But as far as, you know, a standalone Batman movie or a Justice League, Wonder Woman looks really good. And on that note, guys, I want to remind you that you can support fine podcasts like this and usually more Transformer-related broadcasts by going to tfradio.net slash Amazon and doing your Amazon shopping or... If you want to go to tfradio.net and look around at all the awesome latest podcasts, just click the Amazon link and do your Amazon shopping either way. And when you check out, some nickels and dimes go into Brian Kilby's pocket. He will use them to buy the Steelbook version of Suicide Squad no. in three months. We thank you greatly. And, Director's uh, cut. You're supporting us. Hey, you know what? It'll probably come with like a, a four by six signed picture of Will Smith. I bet. <laughs> I, I can only hope. Or maybe no, on the backside, it's just uh, Fresh Prince. Uh, that would be so cool. So awesome. Or, if Diecast gets his wish, uh, a small swatch of Margot Robbie's uh, pantyhose from the movie. <laughs> we know what we know what gets Diecast to like open the wallet. So anyway, go... What? Oh, what was that, Diecast? They were fishnet. Okay, fishnet. Yeah, my bad. That's right. My bad. My bad. Pantyhose. Oh, That's like... What am I like... 70 tonight? Anyway, um, go to tfradio.net slash Amazon or just click the Amazon link on our site, tfradio.net. We appreciate the support. And with that, for the fellas, this is John Luna. We will see you on the next RFC minicast. Music provided by bensound.com. <laughs>